This is Austin Enneagram. Hello, um, my name is Elizabeth Chapin. I am Lee Jackson. And today we have Austin Johansson with us today. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And we're recording this today because Austin, who goes to Vassar and is friends with Alabama's home for the holidays, and um, had actually reached out to me about wanting to do this podcast and it's good timing because we've been doing the subtypes and so we don't have a sexual subtype with us today Mm -hmm. but we know a few we know a few and we know a few Austin is a a social nine and I think we've said on on this podcast more than once that I'm a big fat Mm self-preserving so um, it'll be good to get a different voice and a different perspective for sure Yes. It's going to be nice. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, I, so I was reading Beatrice to prepare mm-hmm. per usual, and she was talking about sloth as y'all's um, sin, and ha- she described it as a psychological resistance to actively living from your deeper self. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good definition of yeah. sloth. Yeah. Um, and she, and she was talking about the three instincts, self-pres, sexual, and social, as three expressions of this psycho-spiritual laziness that basically all of y'all are fusing with someone or something mm-hmm. to distract you from the pain of not being connected to your own sense of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so good, though. Don't yeah. you think that's really yeah. good? Yeah. I think it's a really good way to talk about sloth or yeah. la- laziness. I mean, we yes. are trying to get at those sins in different ways, but I think that description just... That that makes me kind of squirmy. Yeah, it's very emotional, mm-hmm. and it and it's it's surprising to me the more I read um, Naranjo and talking about y'all's kind of tr- avoiding of your inner self is so shocking to me because nine seems so placid and warm and grounded that it's su- it's mm-hmm. surprising to hear mm-hmm. that y'all are all, that you're very self forgetting. But I also think um, I think. I think maybe Naranjo said if nines were not self-forgetting, then their uh, de- their desire to kind of um, be um, what's the what am I so not to be accommodating to mm-hmm. the world around them and mm-hmm. to be that presence that makes everything peaceful Mm -hmm. that if y'all were not self-forgetting it would be just too painful all the time yeah and so it's kind of a natural thing that happens with the desire to um make the world peaceful it's kind of protective right yeah in a way yeah it's yes it's a protective nature that end up ends up up making you not protected yeah Okay, so we're going to start with you, Lee, and uh, mm-hmm. self-press. Mm-hmm. In general, um, conserving and using energy to create stability, predictability, maximizing safety, and steadiness. Um, self-press nuns fuse with comfort to to distract themselves. So, um, and I think that's so. That's the, your form of. What what we were just talking about that kind of psycho spiritual right. laziness. Mm-hmm. You're 
fusing with what you feel is comfortable in order to protect or what you think you're doing to protect yourself. It feels protective. It yeah. feels and safe. And it feels safe and peaceful. And um, yeah. Yeah. And I think every nine, probably every self-pres nine has a different idea of what that is, whether it's quilting or TV or mm-hmm. sleeping or food or, but. Um, and I think what's interesting, like you just saying quilting, right? So <laughs> quilting. Being for, personal. Right. No, yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. So what is interesting to me when you say that is me learning how to sew was a kind of putting myself out there. i you know, rode my bike across town, learned community, all of that good stuff. And now it's something I really enjoy, mm-hmm. but it can be a crutch in this way, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it kind of can, I can make it a um, part of of numbing out if I want it to. It depends on how I'm approaching it. Sure. Sometimes it can be very um, connecting for me and creative and getting me out of myself mm-hmm. or it can be like, I don't want to be with any of you. Right. And so I'm going to be, and I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the only one who knows that. Right. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's that whole kind of self-awareness piece for me. Um, it's just, just funny. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess it's true of any activity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it tends to be very, concrete things that self presnons latch on to mm-hmm. like food or sleep or quilting or whatever it's uh not metaphysical cool. things it's not abstract things mm-hmm. it's things that are very um concrete which i i have struggled with that yeah i know yeah. i know i'm just i'm just I literally yeah. paraphrasing right i know <laughs> They're not my reading, ideas reading yeah. her yeah like reading beatrice you know that that in some ways I have, my whole life, I've kind of been on this search and an intense search, um, maybe to kind of quell or to find a sense of peace or safety in myself. So I've always been super introspective. Um, and so it's, that's an interesting, now, am I always listening fully to kind of my full self or putting that self out in the world? No, but the inward looking kind of I just wonder I'm just shooting from the hip here I'm wondering if that the voice inside you Mm -hmm. that you're paying attention to is kind of like the one's perfecting voice or Mm -hmm. the six safety voice you might be as a nine naturally inclined to look at the inside yourself the voice that's telling you what's peaceful what's safe what's boundaried all those things and seeing that mm-hmm. as yourself and maybe not, maybe missing some things. No, I think yeah. that's true. I think, um, I mean, a great example is how as a teenager, I latched on to um, the interior castle and mm-hmm. um, what's her name? Um, uh, not Julian Norwich. Uh, oh, I just went blank. Um, uh, Teresa Vavla. Yes. You know, I read her collective works. Mm-hmm. Which is no small thing to do. You know, I yes. was in. Mm-hmm. I was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always been that person. Um, 
And so it's an interesting, you know, just if nines are listening and you hear you're not introspective, I would think a lot of nines are that word. Um, but the nuance of it, I think, is what you're talking about, the yeah. getting below yeah. um, kind of what, what you're introspecting for. Yeah. Right. I mean, the thing I think mm-hmm. for you, I'm guessing that being introspective and being um, spiritual is a comfortable place. And so there's probably an aspect to just like, as you say, Mm -hmm. what's the work and how, how can we be self-aware? So I guess for a self-present nine, it's about being self-aware of what you're introspecting about, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. meditation helps with because you start to hear that voice and like, am I just having this kind of these peaceful thoughts or these very boundary thoughts? Am I reacting to people out of to keep myself safe or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, so yeah. like, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think even having like the language of the Enneagram, like is an it can be an easy way to be like, oh, well, I'm introspective and I'm self-aware in this regard. Mm-hmm. But to actually like get, yeah, get below that and be like, what do you want? Like, yeah. what, what is it? You know, you can't just use the Enneagram as an excuse, you know, yeah. to like yeah. know who you are. Cause that's not, completely who you are obviously right and that's like so complicated I don't even yeah yeah I feel like I'm only beginning to like understand that honestly me too yeah it's like the last (laughs) I mean I really I mean I it's a question I've been asking myself a lot to really know who you are is a very complicated question yeah and I think it's well it's an ongoing conversation it's an ongoing conversation yeah it just is Yes. Um, So um, uh, self-present nines like to be alone more than other nines. Um, Mm -hmm. Grounded and warm. And Mm -hmm. and, um, my thought lately is being grounded, kind, and warm is like a perfect place to hide. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know not to discount nines grounded warmness, (laughs) warmth, but I do think that when nines are have that it's like a it's like the most perfect suit of armor because no one can kind of penetrate it and go hey warm sweet nice person Mm -hmm. what's underneath warm sweet nice where are you under that warm sweet nice it's it's like a brilliant (laughs) camouflage that you guys have developed yeah yeah I don't even know if I know that I'm doing it like sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like actually furious and <laughs> people think that I'm having like a great time you know? <laughs> or like I'm like super uncomfortable and I'm smiling and I'm like oh my god I must look so happy right now for some reason you it's know? funny yeah it's really I don't funny. know if that resonates with you at all but I, I think that we can come not as good as that at that anymore uh-huh. I think I generally now I'll just go away <laughs> well see I yeah. think this is a great example of how <laughs> you're self-present you're That's social yeah. so having just read about you a little bit mm-hmm. it's like you are really sacrificing yourself for the group yeah and mm-hmm. you really are not so that, you know yeah, so there I mean, are talking ways, about but this. you're gonna go away is the way you're gonna handle now it. yeah but in my 20s and I would have put on the face mm-hmm. stayed put mm-hmm. um and I was telling you all before, I don't know enough about how you develop your instinctual centers or what that looks like. Um, you know, I, I don't know how to talk about that with any great certainty, but I used to not to, I used to be much more social and mm-hmm. a lot of my angst and 
kind of the piece I was searching for was related to the group. So mm-hmm. whether it be my family, my um, social group, what, whatever that was. And so sometimes, I mean, I kind of wish I had, I need a little more of that on board now. Like mm-hmm. I need a little FOMO. Mm-hmm. Um, that was <laughs> good mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there um, and I don't, I don't know that I want that, that same kind of angst. And there's something that's nice to feel settled and, and who I am in, in a way, but, um, I've, I've been there too. And mm-hmm. I can, I've, I can't imagine how many spaces I was in where I just felt completely uncomfortable and like I did not belong and yeah. you know, the list, but no one, no one would guess looking at yeah, me. Totally. Yeah, totally. So do you, Austin, um, you've got a smile on your face that you're projecting to the people in the room. Meanwhile, you're super, as you said, angry or uncomfortable, depending on the circumstances. Do you then yeah. go away and process? Like, Yeah, I do. I think I've gotten, I think that this is something that I've worked on. I mean, obviously I am working on, but I think in living with people at school, I've had to work on it a lot because I've had to face the fact that I can't hide from anyone. And I think that I really like for a long time just would balance between so many social situations. And like, even I would like get in my car and like just cry mm-hmm. to yeah. like sad music, just to feel things, you know, yeah. and to yeah. like release it. Um, and so I think it's like this kind of an inner like emptiness or like sadness that I think that, yeah, only now am I really, like, understanding that that's what it feels like. And, like, mm-hmm. kind of this, it's like a withholding yourself from from people mm-hmm. in order to merge with the group. Or you think, it's like I walk into a group and I think that there's a vibe that's established and I have to kind of enter the vibe. Yeah. Um, and that's so interesting because uh, I was reading that social nines can look like a three so what mm-hmm. you're describing mm-hmm. there. Sometimes I feel like a three. Like sometimes I'm like, am I a three? I thought it was a you're seven. You're feeling the vibe and you're kind of you're mm-hmm. kind of going Merge with it. With that yeah. yeah, it's like I have like my friend uh, Stella and I, who's also a social nine, we were talking about like the idea of like tentacles. You have mm-hmm. these like tentacles going out to like, like feeders to everyone mm-hmm. in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so overwhelming feeling everyone you know like I've, I've been trying to just consciously like touch myself sometimes to just like get in my body mm-hmm. in order to like remember that I don't need to be like exerting all this energy or merging you know? with them yeah, or, or, with or, them. or sacrificing your own yeah exactly vibes, like, so trying to, speak. to like you think that you're keeping the peace or like healing in mm-hmm. some way which you may be mm-hmm. um but it takes a lot of energy yeah. And there's this very um out of balance. I don't know about you, but when you when you move out of that even for a second, um, and no most people don't notice. Like I had an experience today, and I'm generally aware of myself. I'm in a work meeting, it's a Zoom thing, and I got really passionate and started talking a couple times. And it took everything in me when that meeting was over not to write the organizer and say, I'm so sorry that I mm. talked too much or that I, mm. you know, there's this, yeah. there is this um, out of line. And I know that about myself. Mm. You know, I've worked on that, that how I experience myself when I kind of come alive or it, it feels like too much mm-hmm. for me or like I'm causing, you know, if I say what I want or if I don't kind of stay grounded um, or connected to the group in your um, kind of space, 
that it feels, it can feel so out of whack and conflictual mm-hmm. and it's not, yeah, it's absolutely not. Yeah. Um, it's just in those moments I allowed myself to kind of pop up in a way that yeah. I didn't feel as, as grounded in. Yeah, you know? totally. And social nines mm-hmm. as the counter type are much more extroverted and much yeah. more popping up and yeah. more comfortable with that than yeah. a self yeah. yeah, Yeah, I do feel more comfortable like when I get into that energy or when I get angry, it's like awesome. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so righteous in this. If, you know? if that, <laughs> so, does the group have to be that way though? Um, wait, what do you mean? When you kind of pop up in that way. Um, like if you have to match the group or does it the depends. Group have to it depends have that on like, it depends on where I'm at and what's happening in the situation. I think like I'm definitely not gonna cause drama you know it just unprecedented (laughs) (laughs) that's like why would I do that you know like if everyone's having a great time you know um yeah that's kind of like inconceivable for me it's it's only I'll get into moods where I'm already feeling angry and I'm like okay clearly something's happening here so if it if kind of the situation aligns then I'll feel more like justified in expressing that anger and dealing with it because I'll, I'll come into it and I'm like I know that this has got to happen and I can move through it you mm-hmm. know and I fear, feel a little more fearless in that but it's yeah it's hard yeah I think there is something probably with all of us nines that when we move outside of whatever we've merged with to feel safe or stable and it looks different for all of the subtypes there is just this sense of it's going to be too much or there's mm-hmm. going to be disconnection. Um, and it's to catch that in yourself and realize how much you hold back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when you do pop up and I, like in my life, I've just had to trust that I'm not too much. And I, I don't know that I'll ever see myself in a different way, mm-hmm. but I, I know what I'm up to most of the time. And I can be like, you were just a normal person in yeah, that space. Yeah, or, yeah. It was fine for you yeah, to be totally. passionate. If I step on someone's toe, I'm big enough to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I think that that will be an ongoing, it's kind of my ongoing thorn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of a pattern for me that I noticed, definitely at school, because I have like a very specific friend group and we get into like rhythms, you know, of whatever there's just it's there's a specific vibe and I feel like what will happen is in the midst of like drama or whatever like I feel like I'll be very invested in like going along with it and then at a certain point I'll be like no one gives a fuck about me like what am I doing here mm-hmm. I feel so unseen and then I kind of reject the group That's and then and then I feel like super good in a way because I'm like asserting myself and I've already kind of like disconnected felt feel disconnected from the group mm-hmm. and I own that and then I feel comfortable expressing my feelings because I've kind mm. of like created this boundary hmm. yeah but it's not necessarily productive <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think you can express it <laughs> yeah a exactly it, it reminds me of Suzanne talking about how when you start working on yourself and you mm-hmm. bring up something it's a little unpracticed and so yeah. it can be a little um, like you're, you know, you're practicing seeing who you are in the group and having yeah. some boundaries. And so it probably it's going to take some work to get that, uh, where that 
where that's kind of seamlessly naturally happens. Or yeah. as we as Lee and I talked about, just like the the small the small conflict, conflict muscles, mm-hmm. so that if you don't give yourself away too much to the group yeah. over time, and then one one day in the group you're like, you know what, I'm over this. Yeah. And instead of having that dramatic moment where you're over it, it's just maybe realizing along the way in smaller ways mm-hmm. that, you know, that maybe that group is not um, for you or yeah. maybe that doesn't suit you or maybe your energy is not, you know. Or maybe what you're yeah. feeling can contribute to the group. Yes. Right? Yeah, totally. Yes. totally. I think, you know, either yeah. there's not an either or oftentimes. Yeah. I think we think peace or disconnection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's really that's good. That's just yeah, totally. true yeah. at yes. all. Yeah. At all. It's funny because I don't think any of them know that these cycles happen. <laughs> it's always a private, like, <laughs> I'm furious. Um, and I They probably don't even like, know you No, they have gone. no idea. Yeah. yeah, they have no idea. Um, but it's funny. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel in general that I wish fives and nines would kind of give us that, that peek behind the curtain a little more often. Yeah. You know? I want to. I'm. As I want it from other people, you know? right? So I, I think that's helped me understand that I want to be try to, you know, give that, but it's hard to even know what I'm trying to give, you know, mm-hmm. at any moment. Just the process, yeah, the process yeah, before it gets before you arrive where you want to arrive. Like, what's yeah. the what are the all the little bumps and thoughts along the way? Yeah, you know, says this for I've always. <laughs> I don't know if you've felt this way, Austin, and I don't even know how to talk about it, but just like the normal life things that people put out there. So like when people are upset or when mm-hmm. the drama is happening or whatever, I, I'm i not like judging no. or um, I'm just kind of there with it. I think it's life. But the mm-hmm. dissonance of what happens in me and my ability to sh- share that, mm-hmm. I mean, even now, like. What do you mean share 40, that? Uh, if I have the same drama, if I if have just a need or a yeah. want, or if those things are happening inside of me. So if you, you know, contribute that. If I contribute the... or if, I, if I'm if i the center of it, right? Uh-huh. If I am, um, I mean, like I can think back to, this is silly, but like as a junior high kid, I would never say out loud who what boy I had a crush on, mm-hmm. right? That was just humiliating to me. Even though everybody had crushes and we talked right. about it, but I thought for some reason that felt like disconnection, mm-hmm. right? Like even as a young kid, like my kind of, that felt like too deep of a space. And mm-hmm. I so boundary, boundary yeah. as mm-hmm. a young person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I look back on that and I think, that's gosh, that's just so weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> weird how boundary and private I yeah, was totally. early. Totally. Um, yeah. And I, it, I'm sure it's different things for different nines, but it's it is this um, acceptance of other folks' yeah. lives and complexity of their lives and all the things, but yeah. not allowing that complexity of us to to be out in this space with others is a, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, such a, it's unfortunate. It it's is. a battle for me. Yeah, I think that I always thought. I think for me, it's like really showing sadness or darkness like I I I think of myself as very open and vulnerable but to like actually be dark in front of someone is very terrifying 
Yeah. I think I'm so I'm so afraid of being the dark person who Interesting. who is repelling people, you know, or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though you're not repelled. No, exactly. Right. I'm not. See, that's but very interesting. But, Sometimes but, you are. <laughs> but maybe that's just my own. So, I, I mean, I, I, I agree. Again, I think, um, as, as you say, Lee, it's about kind of this self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about defining these terms for ourselves. Like, does darkness for you feel a little repellent? Like, is that mm-hmm. a definition of conflict for you? Mm-hmm. And is having, I don't know, like a desire yeah. for you, right. Lee, uh, feel like a conflict? And so... I think it's really like getting to the bottom of those things and noticing yeah. those things. Um, totally. Trying them on. Try, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Trying them on. Just trying them on. Um, yeah. So I think it's interesting that as self-pres nines are described as grounded and warm, this perfect place to hide, but mm-hmm. also irritable and stubborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's how so does that play out, Lee? How, how is it that... When do you go from being grounded and warm to irritable and stubborn? So here's why I think it happens. I mean, obviously, anger is right below the surface with us all the time, right? It's mm. hanging out there um, with the gut stuff. And I am attempting my best as a, you know, as someone with this instinctual kind of variant self-preservation, connecting to stability and comfort and when someone tries or when that is off or um, it's unexpected or someone's trying to put something on me or ask something of me, I'm so boundaried with that. And at the rest mm-hmm. of, I feel like the rest of the world is coming at me all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I, if I'm not aware of it, that is, that's where I get my energy. It's just this kind of underlying irritability all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a, a stubborn and I don't want anyone to take away the, the places where I have found some peace and stability or mm. comfort, right? Mm. So I think... You're protecting I'm your zones of comfort. Yeah. So, so I think it's interesting that, okay, y'all are saying you're not judging other people's complexity. Right. You're not judging people, but maybe you're protecting... Yourself. Yourself mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. what feels complex. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, that seems like a fine line to me. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, and, and when I, I mean, I think to be the receiver of like a nine's irritability. I mean, as a four, obviously, I'm kind of someone who's mucking things up a bit for the groups of people, <laughs> right? I have no problem mucking right. stuff up. So I mean, I have feelings about it, but I'm going to do it, right? right? And so I've been on the receiving end of plenty of nines. Uh, being irritable at me or quite mad at me, mm-hmm. frankly, when I make the room uncomfortable mm-hmm. or make things feel. Mm-hmm. So it, I, to, to find that place between judgment and irritability, I don't know. I mean, I think it all feels the same. Yeah. Maybe. And I think it quite honestly it depends on the spaces that mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we were in a space and however you were being and if it was making me uncomfortable, I, I could say to you, yeah, you know, I, I could kind of, we're in that space. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's also a part of me, you know, because I'm focused on my own stability and comfort. We've talked about this in previous, um, 
podcast around self-preserving types, I'm, I'm looking out for others Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And so that, um, I can get irritable about the fact that no one else is looking out for others, comfort and sense of, sense of belonging Mm -hmm. and stability, you know, like there is something in me, um, which is a, can be really lovely and it can be kind of like a two and that I'm just kind of, um, Aggressive concerned and aggressively yeah. harmonizing or, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's your total gift and yeah. maybe your shadow. It's, it's I mean, both. I, yeah, think, I think you're so good at, at harmonizing and so good at seeing the big picture. Yeah. So good at making the room comfortable. So good at like that can get taking like all there. kinds of information yeah. and co- coalescing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really, I don't think I've really felt, aggressive harmonizing from you exactly in that regard socially. But I have been around nines who uh, it's almost like they have a, maybe a hair trigger about what socially feels or uh, maybe too, too concerned about like, say you're at a dinner party Mm -hmm. and there's a nine at the dinner party and people are talking and people are having this dramatic conversation. It has been my personal experience that's, you know, sometimes nines jump in there and they needed to because maybe mm-hmm. somebody was being hurt and, right. sure. and, right. and the, you know, me, the four, maybe the eight didn't know it, right? They didn't perceive it. But it has been my experience that a lot of times nines will jump in to try to harmonize the group in a yeah. way that is awkward <laughs> and socially unnecessary yeah. and kind of tamps things down. And whereas I would probably... What you would probably see me do is I, I might pat the person next to me mm-hmm. or try to yeah. s- stabilize in a way. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, if it's a group I don't know, and I'm not going to get out there. But if yeah. I, I'm, you know, Austin talked about her feelers being out to kind of with the group. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that in a way, um, not necessarily for me to belong in the group, but because I'm so in tune with my own sense of being comfortable and um, kind of find merging with that. Mm-hmm. I want that for, I, I want everybody to feel that way. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I really quickly kind of pick up when someone might not or might feel yeah. down. Yeah, yeah or, totally. Um, you know, if, if the chair is not in the right place or how the room looks or, you know, the, not in the same aesthetic you're looking for, but are they comfortable and can they... Yeah. You know, what do they feel like sitting there or do they feel left out? You know, those sorts of things are happening in me. Um, And I think that all started with irritability. And so (laughs) that's a a stupid (laughs) amount of stuff to take on, right? Um, But that's because I'm so, um, knowing it or not, most of the time, I'm so focused in on wanting to feel that, but ease is a psychic kind of um, dis dissonance inside of myself I think if I can find that comfort and stability that it will go away (laughs) and that that will that that will happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's if that's um that's a Jenga building you know every people just poke at it all the time so you're like you feel like it's being poked at all the time I not necessarily but I if if it is being part of the time, right? Like my, if I'm, if I am not in a good place and I'm mm-hmm. so attached and married to whatever 
that stability is or comfort mm-hmm. to, to make me feel at ease in some way to mm-hmm. give me a little peace. <laughs> you know, I'm like irritated if, if right. someone's trying well, to take it from me. Well, do you think that if uh if 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 a nine was less involved with all that social mm-hmm. peacemaking or ambient peacemaking or whatever it is, like if 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 you if, peace like if you were like if, if it was like if if mm, I don't even know how to say this, but I'm just wondering if it could be if that were put down a bit, um, if if you know because I feel like all these types right are these mm-hmm. ways in which we're managing reality right. So in a way, a nine is managing their reality all yes. the time while being so boundaried and worried about peace. Mm-hmm. But maybe if that got put down a little bit, if you just let it go, let it drop, then you'd have more energy yeah. to, and not feel so irritable. <laughs> that's exactly, that's oh, the antidote no, it's right there. That's okay. the doing and yeah. um, risking being too much or yeah. being yeah. angry before you withdraw in your own head. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, especially like, you know, at a dinner party situation or I experience a lot of those moments of like, and it's like, I feel like the only thing that what I'm trying to do is just, (laughs) it's such a conscious effort to be like, it's not your problem. Right. Just be in yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I find inner peace. You know, that is the answer. Yeah, I think so. You have to be so conscious in being like, this is not happening to you. This is not your situation. Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's it's physically painful. Yeah. Which is crazy. Whereas weirdo introvert over here just has to get herself to the dinner party. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know. So, so let's talk about this, Lee, because uh, self presence uh, uh, Beatrice describes as more eight-ish mm-hmm. and having more mm-hmm. forceful energy than a sexual nine, which is so interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and that they get mad at people who cause problems. So, uh, yeah. talk to me about that because that seems really counter- I mean, I guess it goes along with the irritable stubborn that we were just talking about, but yeah. and I, I mean, it's weird that sexual nines are not. I know because have they forceful they energy. That did confuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But how do you feel eightish? I mean, I will. I used to talk about it in a way. Um, uh, it would feel like to me, I would be like, "Peace, peace, I'm grounded," <laughs> and then I could like punch you, it sucker punch you in the mouth and then yeah. back off and be like, oh, mm. I'm so peaceful. <laughs> kind of this, it, that it would just kind of come up in me. Um, and those were the points of conflict. You know, sometimes I think we talk about it with nines as being um, right action, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so there was a time in my own kind of understanding of myself that I would um, maybe think of those times as right action, right? When I would just be really forceful mm-hmm. um, about certain things that I might feel passionate about. Um, and oftentimes, if I'm honest, it is it is often when people are um, in spaces that, uh, the word I would use is entitled. I don't know if that's the right word, but... Um, you know, like, God, I've yelled at people who don't have bikes like bike lights on and they're riding <laughs> in the mm. dark. And I literally, I'm not thinking you're going to get hurt. I think you're going to, I could have hit you. Someone else yeah. could have hit you. And I will roll down my window and say, hey, I don't, you know, I yeah. used to say, you need a light. Now I roll down my window and say, I don't know if you know or not, but, you know, <laughs> you're, 
your lights out. <laughs> um, so sweet. there is something so about um, people taking, um, I don't know, irresponsible, in, irresponsible. being irresponsible, yeah, and kind of that involves other people, yeah. And when they don't, mm. maybe know that it does. But I'm not. I've. I also feel like I've worked a lot on conflict over mm-hmm. the years, um, and so I'm. I don't. I don't think about that as much as I used to. I feel what like, the right action piece. Or, yeah, yeah. The right action, or to even like the eight energy, or the because um, you feel like you're just trying to tap into it more. Yeah. 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 But I do think I surprise people sometimes when I'm mm. that part of me is a little more intense. Um, but that, that is definite. That's been in me for a long, a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I'm that kind of anger and forceful space, but it, ha- it generally doesn't have anything to do with my own desires or what I want. So I think um. that is something to pay attention to. It's, um, Kind of lots of times my anger coming out sideways a long time ago. And now I, I, I can't say that I've observed it as much recently, but that when that's, it sometimes it's just has nothing to do with putting myself out there or going after the juice, right? It's not sexual energy in the way you talk about it. I'm not after, I'm not after anything mm. <laughs> except <laughs> that this kind of bigness kind of comes out in me and it, but it has for me, it generally has more to do with anger and in, in that kind of stubborn irritability versus me exposing myself in a way um, that I'm known, right? Or connected to mm. that kind of rawness of what how we talk about sexual energy. Um, so I don't know if that makes any sense or is helpful. Yeah, I get that. yeah. Mm-hmm. it does. It does. All right, so should we do sexual real quick, um, and then we'll go to Austin. Um, So I think it's super interesting, like we were just saying, that sexual nines are, because you think of them as how we've been talking about them as people who follow the juice and follow Mm -hmm. the energy. And the, the, the sexual nine is different from a lot of other sexual numbers in that they are merging or fusing with another person to dis- distract themselves from not being part of connected, who, connected to who they are. Mm-hmm. And so um, they actually are the most emotional nines. They're described as very kind, tender, gentle, mm-hmm. and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. always feel like this is a nine that is taught when you do like a know your number or yeah. introduction oh, that's to the Enneagram. Yeah. I feel like this is this totally is, this, this is, is the, the kind of stereotype. Okay. Totally. Yeah. That right. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um they have difficulty standing on their own two feet, um, because they're so merged with someone. Um a subconscious sense of abandonment that can only be filled by the other that they've attached to. Um so there's this kind of uh, I think Beatrice was saying that they tend to not even sense that, that there's anything negative. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that I guess what she's saying is that they are merged with that person. And what I will say, like my dad, I think is a sexual nine. He's so merged with my mother. And then if she goes out of town for a minute, he kind of panics a little bit <sighs> that he has to be alone. And um 
And, and so he lines up all kinds of things to do while mm-hmm. she's out of town so that he won't have uh, a chance to really just sit there and be with himself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we I say to him all the time, I just, I hope you die first because <laughs> I think, and he's like, I know, I know, because, um, you know, if my mother goes first, he will, oh he will really struggle with yeah. that. It will be really hard for him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they have a lack of motivation of acting on their own behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, uh, the growth edge for a sexual nine is to be against the one or away from the one and to be alone. And I think mm. um, I have very, very, very seldomly seen my dad say anything against my mother or be against my mother. Or And I, I think as a, a child, it was a little bit difficult because I had a strong seven mother and then I had a nine father who was so merged with her agenda that if ever I felt um, unsafe or, or, or sad, mm-hmm. there was no way that he could unmerge with her even for a minute mm-hmm. to, 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 to say, hey, I see you, I care for you, or I disagree with your mother, I disagree with how yeah. she said that. Let, and so I used to say, um, that their marriage was a fortress mm-hmm. and that that frightened me because there was no way to climb the walls. Mm-hmm. And I think what I was really saying is my dad is a sexual nine who's mm-hmm. merged with a very, a very intense seven. Mm-hmm. And um, that felt like a mighty fortress. And um, so I think, uh, I think what's probably terrifying for sexual nines is to spend that time alone and like, again, it's like a lot of self-awareness to even know where mm-hmm. you stop and start, yeah. to know what's separate from your your other that you've decided is your other, um, and uh, to, to go against that other, to pop up and say, I disagree with you, and then hold tight to it. Like one thing I have noticed that he does is he'll kind of pop out there with a little disagreement. Mm-hmm. or make a joke. That's typically what he does is he'll make a little sassy joke about how he disagrees with her. And then you can almost see the machinations in his brain. He gets quickly mm-hmm. nervous that he yeah. put that out there mm-hmm. and he backtracks and he ta- and, and he just takes it back or softens it or rephrases really it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, um, like, I think growth for my dad would be to say, hey, um, Mary Elizabeth, I disagree with you on this, and this is why. And then when she gets mad, just say, well, no, I, I disagree with you on that. Mm-hmm. And just hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Mm-hmm. Keep holding it and not and know that that's not disconnection. Yeah, that, that's what's so terrifying. Yeah. I mean, even when you've done a lot of work, like I've been in relationships and I'm, I'm not even a sexual nine. Like, that's like my struggle. <laughs> but <laughs> that I, you know, you risk saying what you want. And then if it doesn't or if it not something does, you just kind of twist and turn and um, re-emerge. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a lot of kind of holding your feet to the fire for yourself and trusting yeah but if ultimately there is ultimate disconnection which you know like for your parents that's not going to happen but like if you're in a new relationship or a friend group or something that ultimately trusting that if there is disconnection 
there's just connection. Yeah, and, and that's, that's and not that's the just end of information, the world, yeah. right? That's that's helpful that's, information yeah. that allows you to be more you in the world, yeah. right? Um, right, totally. And that, and if you make those little dance it, of trying to merge or be okay, takes so much effort, and yeah. it's so. You know, it's not peaceful. Like, none of that is really peaceful. Yeah. It's just not. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's hard. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to actually distinguish between, like, what is merging and what is yeah. real love. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I also think that's that, a good question. Um, like, I think I was m- more of a merger in the past. I mean, I definitely merge with people. And I can feel that feeling, but for long periods of time, I feel like that's something I've observed. And now it's kind of like, I almost feel like I have to go back and like unmerge from mm-hmm. in certain relationships or, or it's like the work now is kind of going back and being more assertive. And that's, that's daunting to be like, well, wonder- there's this way that there's this pattern that I've mm-hmm. been, that wasn't really healthy. And now I have to kind of like rewrite you know, yeah, and I think story. I think that like you can't, you can't really get back. So yeah, I think, and I sort of um, panic a lot of times just as a sober person about the ways in which I can't fix my yeah lack of sobriety earlier. But I mm-hmm. and then and then I like pile on all the things that I've done wrong, and that kind of keeps me acting badly instead of mm-hmm. you know. So I feel so like like releasing just and, from it. Yeah, because it just seems so overwhelming there's no way to ever get to be that person that people trust and believe in how do I get there but I think like so a nine uh can't fix the ways in which you merged and lost yourself in the past Mm -hmm. but if you start early in a relationship and practice those little ways of just saying of popping up for yourself Yeah. yeah um and just keep, try to keep doing it and keep doing it because then what you build is a relationship that's really yours. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's yeah, really yeah. yours and not something you totally. sacrificed yourself for because I think once you're in a marriage or a nine, as a nine, you've been doing that for a long time, to dial back to where you are is overwhelming. I mean, you yeah. it, it might take the whole relationship apart. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I've kind of, like, practiced that with, my oldest friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that has been something that has really been helpful because now I actually feel much more comfortable fighting with, with them if it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But for a while it was like going to college and, and high school and like coming into my own and, you know, discovering myself. And then I think there were times when I'd come back to the group and just feel described in ways that I didn't resonate with, you know, and then it was harder to like, it was very fragmenting to be like, I don't feel that way anymore. Why am mm-hmm. I being treated this way? You know, whatever. And but that's then kind I have of to in- kind of get more comfortable. That's interesting as like a developmental way. So you're putting the nine thing on top of just like you're in your early 20s yeah. so that, you know, you're evolving and you're becoming who you are mm-hmm. in a very profound way. And you've you've gone off to, to a whole other community with a whole lot of, whole other set of influences so you're you know you're adding things to who you are and you're discovering who you are and there's nothing more diminishing or frustrating when people can only see an outdated version of you or like an old or they want to hold you 
You know, I ha- I feel it's like so there are there are people in my family that just want me to be who I was when I was yeah. 18. And I just can't be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and none of the yeah, reality exactly. is none of us can be. We're yeah. all evolving. And so I think part of being of loving someone is mm-hmm. seeing all the the ways they do evolve yeah. every day, every totally. hour, every totally. year. Yeah. And that's just uh, and to be comfortable. I think when I have when I have to say, that's that's not who I am, or yeah. here's how I'm handling it. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, there have been times in my life when when I didn't fit that mold anymore, and I I didn't know how to have the conversation. It was yeah. not possible. And so that irritability and anger, that's where it can be a tool to kind of boundary yeah. or just to, to ultimately use it as a disconnection and a connection to yourself. Totally. Um, but I, I feel like I've learned to just say, and I think the Enneagram also gives me language for that, that makes me comfortable in saying, you know what, I didn't, I didn't do this well. And yeah. here's what I was up to. And I didn't know I was doing it at the mm-hmm. time, but I, that's not how I can be yeah. anymore. So, so I, I've got to hit reset. Yeah. We've yeah, got good. to, you that's know, good. and I, and I know it's hurtful. Right? Yeah, totally. But this is who... I think probably any any of us that are working with Enneagram, whatever your type, when you start doing your work, you know, you have to have these conversations of, I know this is what you were used to. Yeah. And here's what I'm, here's what I'm working at. Here's, yeah. here's why um, I'm trying this on. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's been very helpful for me, especially yeah. in spaces of disconnection. Totally. You know. So, um, so the social nine, so talk to me, um, about how you came to this and how, um, because you were pretty, you were excited to come talk to (laughs) me about it. So how did all that happen? Because I know it's been kind of a circuitous journey. It has been a journey. I thought I was a seven for a while. Um, tell me why you thought you were seven. Um, I definitely related to stimulation like I really mm-hmm. like to be stimulated um I'm very extroverted mm-hmm. I think I related to the kind of I mean I think I just resonate I think I resonate with the seven kind of as just personality traits like mm-hmm. in terms of like being like kind of childlike and I mean this wonder for the world and that really that really resonated with me mm-hmm. um and kind of always wanting to be up and like alive like I think that's a mm-hmm. big thing for me like in the way that we were kind of talking about the sexual nine being different than you would mm-hmm. think you would think it would be. I feel like that, like looking to get to like the flow or like mm-hmm. the life source, like that's what really drives me. Like I really want to feel good mm-hmm. all the time. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like what is driving me. Um, Interesting. And it really like bumps up against the nine. It, it almost feels like I'm constantly like in battle where I'm like trying to figure out how to feel good, but there's the like if I'm not in a circumstance that forces me into that flow or like it's easier at school because I can walk out and be around people and I have this agenda but if I'm kind of left to my own devices I don't know how to it's harder for me to like get to like the place that to get out of the house you know yeah um but so I thought I was a seven for a while and (laughs) my friends 
didn't believe that. <laughs> that was definitely, that was hard for me because they thought that I was a six and I was really like, no, like yeah. I am not a six. Um, and, but then they also thought that maybe I could be a nine. Um, and then I thought about it. This is, I'm a senior now and this was a junior year. I think I, all throughout the fall of junior year, I was like, getting into a new relationship and mm-hmm. coming up to having to deal with myself more. Um, and I think that that made me kind of confront myself more. And then I was in, I was on, I was visiting my grandmother in Denmark mm-hmm. in the winter time. And I just remember I was in such a bad place and mm-hmm. I was like really like observing myself and wondering why I was feeling so bad, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. thinking about the Enneagram. And I think I really related to, um, I mean, I think I was also very cut off from people. So I think that that was part of it. Like I had no energy. I I was just like, so in my head and Mm -hmm. anxious and felt very trapped um, and like complacent in the Mm -hmm. way that I was kind of just moving through, I don't know, that week. So then it kind of dawned on me that I was a nine, Mm -hmm. but then I was also, I was also still confused for a while because I really felt like I didn't relate to the typical nine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was still kind of like a seven, thought it was maybe a three. Um, And that still kind of swirls around my head. Yeah. I think it's really important because I've known you since you were six. Yeah. And the very first moment I met you, like the very <laughs> first moment I saw you well, as a very tiny little girl, yeah. you were electric. You were like mm-hmm. a light. You mm-hmm. were like a, a, a big, powerful energy. Thank and you. so that <laughs> is not something you hear about nines very often. Yeah. And so it is, um, I think it's important for us to know that in this work yeah. that nuns can have that electric light. Yeah. And you are very much, um, you're very uh, extroverted. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. very much around people. You're very social. Mm-hmm. You want everything to go well. Yes. Um, I think that the thing I notice about you is, as far as like trying to figure out what type you are is, yeah. your, is your kind of mom, mom person, mom friend. <laughs> Is that is like you? I watch you um, agree, like agree with what's being said. Yes, um, mm-hmm. almost maybe compulsively. Yeah, because you want everything to be okay mm-hmm. in the group. Totally. And so I think that that could be any that could be different numbers, right? Yeah. And doing yeah. it for different reasons. Yeah. Well, so I didn't know that you were nine, but when you came to it and said, "Oh, I'm a social nine." I was like, ah, ah, that explains the yeah. trying to make everything okay with everyone, but also this this energy that I feel yeah. from you that's yeah. really dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it was frustrating for a while because I really felt like kind of limited by like this nine description. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, like fuck this. Like mm-hmm. I'm I I don't feel like I'm you know, lazy or whatever. I mean, of Mm -hmm. course it's different. It's Mm -hmm. very different. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's so, it's so specific because I'm very like very ambitious and Mm -hmm. have a lot of energy. And, and when I'm at, especially when I'm like at school and kind of in the flow, like I'm never at home. Like I'm always go, 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 go. 
but then it's like a sleep too. Well, and it's such an interesting to hear you say that you are, you, I mean, that sounds very seven like, and mm-hmm. you can yeah. kind of listen, you're, you know, both avoiding something yeah. like your gift mm-hmm. is this sparkle and joy and extroverted kind of space. You know, I'm thinking about a sexual uh, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 That Which... There is this. And the, I can totally see how yeah. that in both of you, um, you know, my guess would be the difference being that when you might just kind of keep going along with the group and t- because you're not going to break away and go find the next thing, right? Yeah, right. Like, exactly, seven, exactly. Like, whereas a seven would just head totally. out for the next thing. They might leave it, the group keep it yeah. and make yeah, everybody no, mad. I don't, I don't, yeah, but you both have this fear of, like oh. what you describe in Denmark, of probably felt like a disconnection or yeah. felt dark totally. and you know, all of those things, because you couldn't merge with Mm -hmm. maybe at that point with the energy elsewhere, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of things happening inside of you. It's very, it really makes me panic. Like even today, like I was like home all day and it was like 3 PM and I was like, Oh God, (laughs) I turned on a podcast just to like hear something like, it's like Mm. suddenly it's like, Oh my God, it's really quiet. And I'm Mm -hmm. just in my head and it's like I can feel the energy just drop you know so I need something to and and I used to be at home I just used to not really enjoy I don't know when I when I was less like I guess self-aware I would just turn on have the tv going all the time just Mm -hmm. to hear people or you know hear something um just to be stimulated in some kind of way when it's funny how stimulation is your numbing (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. That's so weird. It is it's interesting. Weird. And I think weird. it's um in this age, yeah. I think we all have to oh, look at that. I mean, sure. I just mm-hmm. finished a Gabor Mate book mm-hmm. and he talks because he's talking about addiction. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying that um that we can kind of get attached uh mentally to the to like listen and I think I am uh listening to a podcast, listening to music, being yeah. stimulated, being deeply stimulated totally. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so there there is a for me uh not having that space where I just sit with myself and kind yeah. of separate my feelings from everyone else's and as a nine, I would think that's part of y'all's what is it, the the psycho spiritual laziness. Yeah. Is yeah. that like to be super stimulated even if it's stimulation about psycho spiritual things, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that you're actually kind of um, trying to distract yourself from yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that true? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and it and it because a lot of times like spirituality is such an easy uh, distraction for me, and it's something that I care about. So <laughs> right, right. you know, it feels good, and it, it, feels, and it feels like I'm connecting with like some higher self, which may be true, but I feel like. I really need to, like, my getting in my body and, like, oh, yeah, having, like, a consistent practice, like, that really helps me just feel. I just want to, because I really do just want to feel things. Like, I'm mm-hmm. looking to feel alive, mm-hmm. but it's, like, easier to just numb out than get on the bicycle or go swimming. Mm-hmm. And, and do you, do you yeah. feel like, I feel like um, an intense, some sort of intensity of exercise um, is so good for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. it I, it's yeah. like, 
I can very just be strange. angry. Yeah, it's like a party in my head <laughs> with my music. Like, and it might not be good or it might not no. be going fast. Or, um, but I've I've always been drawn to kind of like intense, yeah. you know. Yeah, if I can just get on, like get mm-hmm. on the bike and begin, it's like, it always feels like I'm, thank God I got here. And then I just keep going. And then it's like, you don't even realize how much is, beneath you you know in this like kind of state of like I don't know thinking you think that you're fine and then you do something that wakes you up and suddenly it's like you realize all these feelings yeah it's like you're just flooded with emotions and anger or sadness you know Mm -hmm. um but it's so hard to access them other otherwise it's very difficult so when, you know, Beatrice Chestnut talks about you merging with the group, what, whatever that looks like, or chasing the energy, or um, to, not, to not have to prioritize your own yeah. needs, or to not to be in touch with your own needs. Can you talk about it a time, or um, like as you're starting to observe that about yourself, like how you, how you get in touch with that it sounds like mm-hmm. some physical exercise or physicality and then what what do you do with it or yeah what, what do you what, how do you when you kind of pull back the curtain mm-hmm. and kind of get in touch with your own needs what does that mean for you or what does that look like do you think um well usually there there gets to a point where I'm like either in a group space or something happens and sometimes I genuinely just feel like a feather and I'm like mm-hmm. literally like it's such a strange sensation of feeling like you're like a piece of paper that mm-hmm. there's like nothing happening mm-hmm. and you're just kind of an energy like I often genuinely just feel like a vessel for like some energy that, <laughs> wow. that's coming from somewhere I think that's so good for um, body people to hear yeah yes. yeah it's a very yeah. it's very interesting yeah. um yeah it feels very nebulous and kind of like Sometimes it feels like it can feel spiritual, you know, whatever, if I like romanticize it. Um, But like, yeah, so, so I'll feel that way. And that's kind of when I know that like, oh, I've, I've spent too much time away from myself and it's just like a self forgetting. Like I genuinely will look in the mirror and be like, who are you? Like, what are you doing right now? Yeah. Um, I wonder like, so I wonder if nines get confused with like the self-forgetting and having pride around that and thinking it's spiritual. Yes. Yeah. Um, totally. And, yeah. Yeah. I think for a long time, I really was like, like I went through a phase where I just didn't really care as much about how I looked, you know, mm-hmm. and like wouldn't look in the mirror. I had like a phase where I was like, I'm not going to own any mirrors, <laughs> which is actually a terrible idea for me. Um, <laughs> It weirded me out a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that that's, like, I think vanity can actually be very important in some ways. Or not vanity, mm-hmm. but, like, consciously, like, putting on clothing, like, always makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I don't know, it's weirdly, like, very grounding. But I even, think- like, like, just the group stuff. So you said you're you're always kind of um, sacrificing yourself for the group, but then yeah. kind of simultaneously feeling not a part of the group. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I'd love for you to talk more about that. But I'm just wondering if like that self-sacrifice of doing something for the group or also just the self-forgetting of like, I'm, 
hi, I'm egoless, or like mm-hmm. you said, I'm a feather, and I'm not so important, and I'm going to be, let everyone else have their moment. Like, if that can be, like, you, Lee, as a self-preserved nun, like, you're hiding behind kind of warmth and peace mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. If this is kind of this an, another way of a nun hiding behind this kind of like, oh, I'm so self-forgetting and, yeah, you know, like, and, and really it's, so it's interesting, like a spiritual exercise for a nun might be very different than most people's. It might yeah. be like that you really kind of have to step into yeah. uh, some real gritty aspects of yourself mm-hmm. rather totally. than to step away. Like that feather yeah. thing that you're talking about, I think that's like maybe a good indicator of when it's time to yeah. get real with your, totally. your yourself because no, it's easy I often feel like I don't know I guess in terms of group settings like I feel like I'm there to be this like energy that's mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. I want to offer wisdom like, be the mom you know <laughs> yeah. or whatever um yeah. which I feel like I kind of like this I kind of feel I'm like more like a child right now than I felt in a while which is nice because I was like hard to say that yeah. but yeah, like getting too into like spiritual language of like detachment or whatever, like has actually not really been good at all mm-hmm. because it just makes you really rise above things in a way that's not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that there's a pride in it because then I'm kind of there. I feel like for me, the pride comes in like especially in groups, the, it, it reaffirms the belief that no one can take care of me mm-hmm. and that no one can understand me. And yeah, I'll never be able to be held in the way that like I can hold other people. Mm. Yeah. So I feel like there's this kind of catch 22 that social nuns maybe are doing where, Oh, let me give myself away for the group. But meanwhile, I'm subconsciously not part of the group, mm-hmm. which then gives me an excuse to be a detached person and then be angry occasionally yes. at you all group people. <laughs> and gives you the yeah. permission to not be yeah. like be like engaged. I think like, yeah. well, and I also think being childlike, I mm. I feel like my whole um you know, I don't know if I decided this and I don't know if it has to do with me being a nine. It's just, I, I feel like I was born old, right? Yes. Like I was just kind of this old soul. And <laughs> um, and there's something kind of lovely about that. You know, mm-hmm. I've been drawn to places where I, I, it's part of who I am. But I've had more than one therapist just be like, if you did nothing for the rest of your life except, you know, just have fun or yeah. be a child. And I think yeah. there is, so I love that you... It's like take off the electric yeah, blanket. Yeah, you know? just get totally. out there. And I think that that when we do things like ride the bicycle, I still mm-hmm. remember like when I bought a bicycle like 10 years ago, it was in this heavy, yucky place and I got on it and I was like, ooh, I think I like might have yeah. yelled we. You know, like <laughs> I was so yeah. jazzed about being yeah. a bicycle. Yeah. But there is something about ch- childlikeness, whatever that is, that like is unboundaried mm-hmm. and not totally not old and grounded and connected and all the things that we are that are lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I definitely have always felt very old and yeah. Yeah. In the, it's funny, like it almost looks like I've grown down. Like if you look <laughs> at like my style evolution, like I genuinely looked very old when I was like younger, but I do think that like, yeah, I don't know. It's a way of, 
um, like when I, when I'm in a, uh, when I'm feeling like, oh my God, I'm just more mature than everyone or I'm older, like no one understands me. It's just, it is just kind of a way to like disconnect and yeah. avoid yeah. being seen. Yeah. Um, and believing that no one will be able to connect with you. Like that is the fear is that like, I will, no one will be able to connect with me, but I can connect with everyone. Yeah. But is anyone really connecting with me or seeing me? We're so slippery. And see, yeah. and see, yeah. And so I think there has to be this awareness about the ways in which y'all, mm-hmm. like when I said, I want y'all to pull back the curtain. Like what are the ways in which you can show me along the way who you are so that when we're in just everyday life, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more clued into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's like, um, you know, pra- practicing that conflict, practicing uh, popping up and disagreeing with someone and then just like staying put with it mm-hmm. um, over time, yeah. then it's like, oh, you know, that's who you are. And then like the engagement of the group gets richer yeah. and more yeah. integrated because there you are mm-hmm. fully there. Totally. Not giving yourself that backdoor trap of like, oh, I'm nobody gets me or, yeah. oh, I don't really belong, even though I'm sacrificing everything I'm doing to belong. Yeah. You know, like that, okay. that's like a trap. That's a trap. Nobody can fix that for no. you. No. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that recently, like I've even I've just been practicing like when anyone it doesn't even I've been trying to just answer honestly if anyone is like, how are you doing or whatever or right. friends that right. I've kind of like kept like a. There are many friendships in college that I have been more peripheral and I've mm-hmm. kind of always been like, oh, we'll never get closer or it kind of feels this way, blah, 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 blah. But then when I looked at them more closely, I was like, I don't, I'm just kind of discounting myself every time I'm around them and not really letting them in mm-hmm. for some reason. Right, um, right. And then, I don't know, I just kind of practiced being more vulnerable and then it just makes you feel more whole. And, like, you really can't, like, everyone is interested in you if yes. you're willing to show yourself. That's the thing. It's still like, surprising. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it can sometimes feel a little sick, like, yeah. in being guarded in a way, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of thinking that, oh, they're not here for me. They're for, here for other people. So why would I get to know them? Or, or are they interested in me? You know, I don't know. Yeah. So it's just strange. Yeah. It's very funny. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, so, uh, so I was reading that like growth for a social nine is to kind of lean into the spotlight, lean mm-hmm. into conflict and lean into your desires. And that That's those play all nines. Yeah, I think it's good for all nines. And I think like what's beautiful about that is like leaning into the spotlight, leaning into conflict and your personal desires puts you in the way of the rest of us, like seeing you and knowing who you are and feeling, feeling close to you, which then that just becomes this whole, the thing that you were seeking in the first place. So it's like you're allowing what you're seeking to be confirmed by leaning into all that conflict and spotlight. I don't know about you, Austin, but I, and I, this still happens to me, but like, I feel like when I lean in or when I let, parts of me out there, right? Or when I share my sadness or I share my childlikeness or what, whatever I'm kind of leaning into, there is a fear in me that that's going to become all I am. 
Mm-hmm. Right, like you were saying, you're going to be the sad yeah. one, or you're so, going to be the. What does that mean? What do you mean by that? Well, like so, like if I, whatever I'm, I'm guarding inside yeah. of myself, right? Which is weird stuff, you know, just all kinds of pieces of me. Um, I there is something in me that thinks if I, um, I if I over. need this or I spill over, that's going to be all you see of me. Right, that feels conflictual to me. Or does it does it feel like I'm going to require that of you, or I'm going to expect it of you going forward, Mm, or anything like that? No, I mean not not in the not from the perspective I'm talking about it or holding it right now. It's more of like um, more about uh, like a, a good example is like when I, you know, my dad died and I got cancer. Right, I was terrified that year that for the rest of my life or that all of my friends that I was connected to or the people that I had to ask for help that I was going to become the person who was too needy or who asked for help Mm -hmm. there was nothing about me that year that was over the top right I had a lot happening and so part of knowing the Enneagram that year which was so helpful is I knew that I had to do it I had to do it but I was terrified on the inside that that was going to be all that people saw. And I, I'm sure that yeah. other numbers do that. But so any kind of vulnerability or um, uh, part of me that becomes unboundaried in an, usually in a desirous or a need or whatever, mm-hmm. I feel like that's just going to become all, all, all that I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is so illogical. Yeah, but it's so deeply rooted in me. And I feel um, like that probably comes from uh, not practicing yeah. on a regular basis being unboundaried. It's so interesting yeah. to me because I'm not, so unboundary. Right, it's not even it's being so, unboundaried. It, but it's I mean, just like, but being I do. But normal. I normal. Right, it's being normal. Yeah. But I think for you guys, it probably feels oh, quote yeah, it yeah. feels unboundary yes. so yes. so it's like I think y'all have to focus yeah. like maybe yeah. like get up every day and have some kind of mantra about mm-hmm. being unboundary or splooging out into people and having desires and having conflicts and all these things because you're never going to take I don't think y'all are going to take that too far you might <laughs> you might practice it immaturely yes, it might yeah, be awkward it, it might be awkward exactly. but like if it you practice it practice it yeah. practice it that's nothing but good stuff what is yeah. that um I watched a cheesy holiday movie with Jack Black and uh-huh, I love that one um, with the holiday, the the holiday. yeah it. And it there really is a, <laughs> so, but there is, I've just had this in my head. I don't know that it would be my boundary or my mantra, but um, <laughs> where he goes and gets coffee in there in the um, blockbuster mm-hmm. and he's like, I didn't know what she'd like. So I've got like a little dollop and a big dollop and she grabs, she grabs a big dollop whipped cream and he's like, Ooh, big dollop. Ooh, she likes a big dollop, right? So in my head, I was like, big Big dollop. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's so funny. I, I, you know, my tendency, even if I want more whipped cream, might naturally be to go for the little dollop, you know? And yeah, so there's right. totally. um, something about, like, I, I, that's just been playing in my spirit lately, like, yeah. big dollop, you know? You can grab the big dollop. You don't have to yeah. have permission for that, but that's, yeah. you're not just a person who goes and, you know, has to have the biggest and the best all the time yeah, if you right. want 
I think what's it's in front uh, of you and what's totally. offered to you, right? Yeah. So I think it's, I do, I think that's a great story because I, I think it's like, um, that's like a concrete example, but I think basically if y'all can offer us bigger dollops, mm-hmm. yeah. like every so. day, get up, give, get, yeah. give me a big dollop of you because y'all giving me a big dollop of you is not really a big dollop. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. just say, hey, I'm going to no, give exactly. a big dollop of myself today. to yeah. today. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I, it's funny. Like, I feel like, well, I've been talking tr- and talking to my therapist lately. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I, there was like one day where, I mean, I don't know, as, as I've like gotten older, I think right now, like I'm just experiencing a wider range of feelings and some mm-hmm. of them are very dark and some of them are very euphoric and it's scary because it's like, it, there's this fear that like I'm breaking mentally or mm-hmm. becoming too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and there was like a day where I was like, you know what? I can be bad. Like if I have to reframe <laughs> it as being bad, then that's freeing because that's like, it's like, it's uh, I, I'm very like focused on being good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I'm so, yeah, I'm so obsessed with that and there's no way that I'm going to free, get free if I'm, if I'm holding on to that story yeah. of like, cause mm-hmm. my version of goodness is so measured <laughs> and like right. limiting and yeah you know, just not productive at all. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun to just be like, okay, I'm just going to be a, a selfish person. Right. <laughs> or I'll be selfish. Hello, big dollop selfish yes. person. And yeah, I think exactly. it's, and it's a woman thing too. I think yeah. all of us as women, no matter what our number is, is kind of, we have a little, we have that work to do. Yeah. Of, uh, of not being whatever good is. And, yeah, um, totally. Whatever our definition of that yeah. good thing is. And another thing I didn't say is like that, that social nuns uh, tend to keep their emotions in the middle range, which I thought is, was yeah. interesting because we talk about mm-hmm. fours being completely one end of the other with their range or sevens keeping their emotional range all positive. But I've never mm-hmm. really heard about not social nuns is kind of keeping their emotions in the middle range. And I don't I think know. If, all nuns mm-hmm. probably do that. Quite but, the, yeah. uh, but you keep bringing up darkness as kind of a negative thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of interesting that maybe – there might be some some work there to just Definitely. think about what what resonates for you when you think about darkness or you think about euphoria on yeah. the other side of it. Yeah, I think that darkness, I remember, I mean, like the first time I kind of felt a little depressed mm-hmm. <laughs> and like my freshman year of college, I was like talking to my friends about it and I genuinely thought I was like going crazy and uh-huh. this was the beginning of like a whole whatever slew of mental disorders or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and of course they were just like this is normal um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's I don't know I feel like I'm feeling many emotions Mm -hmm. throughout the day or whatever but yeah (laughs) I'm it's it's really like I'm kind of just keeping things stable or it's like I'll and it's not even feeling so much as it's like thinking emotions. Yeah. Or yeah, like yeah. Th- yeah it's so I'm so like weird. seeing your container, and I'm seeing your container. Y'all both have these containers. They're yeah. very different containers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but totally. it's similar. Like I don't. I think I feel, but I think you know, like yeah, so exactly. I get confused with the five, right? So right. Uh-huh. Internal. Yeah. Doing the same thing. Um, yeah, and yeah. wanting to feel that kind of stability. Totally. And feeling it in my head, kind of. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, like, 
the euphoria is like it comes I don't know it it, it comes and it feels like I'm just I feel like I'm like flying like actually like I'll be like at a party or whatever and dancing and it's like I'm soaring above the clouds but then that's also scary sometimes Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm manic or I'm like that there's no way that I could possibly be this happy right now like there must be something wrong with me you don't trust that yeah I don't trust it yeah Um, it's interesting yeah it's so it's so interesting but the more that I'm present to my feelings and actually feeling euphoric or dark or whatever the more that I trust myself and trust that I just feel so present in them that it's Mm -hmm. like I feel like I can handle anything you know which is a really nice feeling and they're just feelings yeah and when you numb out it and I was reading this I think somewhere about the social nine or maybe nines in general but like you don't even by like keeping yourself in this container and maintaining Mm -hmm. this stability, you're constantly putting off your peace or happiness for the future. And then you're Mm. consistently disappointed and consistently sad and empty because you're betting on the future to feel present to life and to feel present to yourself and all the feelings and the abundance of life. But you think you're going to find it. Yeah. You think you can't feel it here. Do the thing or feel yeah. that thing that's going to give you the peace yeah mm-hmm. like if you go on that vacation yes. or for me it's always like okay next semester I'll feel better than I do now yes. or when I go home I'll feel better because I'll be in a different location you know yeah yeah but yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's I remember terrifying. realizing that at some point that I wasn't that was not gonna happen yeah <laughs> like uh-huh. that I was betting on yeah like something at some point was gonna like assuage that totally angst in me and realizing that was not gonna yeah <laughs> like that I it wasn't just gonna come to me mm-hmm. yeah um, that doesn't I still find that that trick all the time still but yeah um oh yeah it does feel like it's just around the corner mm-hmm. totally oh all the ways we're not present. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to say before we beg oh. off? Anything? Any? No. Because I feel like it's really important, um, especially for fours and nines that on this podcast that they hear yeah. other fours, other oh, nines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I think part of, I think part of like being vulnerable with people and being vulnerable with the group is definitely just a huge fear of being trapped like kind of what you were saying and like mm-hmm. being trapped in an identity like I'm yes. afraid of being trapped with people you're being afraid and I wonder if that's maybe why you thought you were seven too yeah no I feel are trapped so very afraid often. of being I'm trapped very avoidant, you're very yeah, avoidant I, and you're yeah. worried about being trapped yeah I but, know yeah. so like how do you okay so can we talk about trapped Lee, you're going to be better at this than me. Like, how can, how can we do, what's the difference between a nine being avoidant and worried about being trapped and a seven being avoidant and worrying about being trapped? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think there is something. So I've 
that's been an intense thing for me to work yeah. out through relationally, especially. Yeah, um, I'm very afraid of that. And so I, <laughs> I know it's so hard. I'm like, can I even be in a relationship genuinely? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, nines and sevens are both slippery in this way. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's totally interesting. Felt but really paralyzed by that, it's, which is so different from you know a sexual nine, right? Mm-hmm. You just yeah. That, so when you hear nines being taught in that sense of merging from an introductory perspective that I've, so I think part of that in me is familial and baggage Mm -hmm. that I carry for sure, but it's not, it's everywhere, right? If, if I'm in my worst, that's, um, I, I, I don't use that word very often anymore, but I did, man. What word? Trapped? trapped, Yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think, there, there is just something about trying it on and trusting yourself. So yeah. like for me, like r- romantic relationships, I just had to trust and practice. Yeah. Um, but I guess there was a chance at some point that I could get trapped, right? Or that I could merge <laughs> in a way that felt like I was trapped at some point um, or lose myself mm-hmm. um, and sense of stability, even if I didn't know who myself was mm-hmm. in those yeah. Spaces, but I I think continuing to do my own work and risking, like for me, it was just even risking those relationships and then saying what I want and and removing myself when it wasn't and that I was okay. So I think for me, practicing choosing something different, um, which may not be what you want to tell tell a seven. Um, uh, yeah, they're, might they're, they're very good. Them, right? They want to stay. I want to tell a seven to stay put. Right. So that's a with very it, different it, with space. So I think yeah. nines have to practice knowing that they can they can change course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can yeah. say that's something good. different. Totally. Whereas like nines routine like, is comfort, and sevens yeah. routine is not comfort. not comfort. So yeah. it's very different. Um, that's true. We're both avoiding. Uh, <laughs> Right. things right all of us I guess every, every number is that. avoiding yeah. themselves but so I think the odd. more I have <laughs> kind of drawn near to myself and risks mm-hmm. every time you practice that mm-hmm. um and that the world doesn't collapse and you mm-hmm. you experience heartache you know sometimes mm-hmm. I have to tell myself gosh Lee your heart needs to get broken or mm-hmm. that that yeah. that's part of being alive mm-hmm. that's um you know, I think sometimes you are so scared of getting trapped to yeah. trapped in um, in a heartbreak mm-hmm. or in yeah. dark, right? Yeah. Even yeah. or losing yourself, all of those kind of angsty spaces. But when you move into them and you you know end up saying what you want, mm-hmm. and there is disconnection, yeah. it's just like conflict, right? You totally. you are more certain the next time you go in or the next connection that you build that you'll you can you know I I, I have to tell myself I can trust that you'll know yeah it'll you know, be all right yeah you know? mm-hmm. yeah I feel like the I don't know with being trapped like in groups or with people like the the closer that I feel to them the the harder it is to be slippery and it's like you have more yeah. of me now yeah so you know me better yeah. and I have to be more honest with you mm-hmm. and that makes it harder to like I feel like people will just want to suck me dry of all, you know, or just want more of me all the time. And then I have to be like, 
no, I actually need like time for myself or whatever. And that mm-hmm. gets harder for some reason. But yeah, but I see, I think that's a, I think that's maybe not true it's that not what true. y'all are telling yourself. No. The, yeah. the, <laughs> no one's going to suck you dry. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I might suck you dry, <laughs> but most people are not. You know, like if you offer more of yourself, and um, you're you're not like okay, so so you're saying that the more people are intimate with you, the more honest you have to be with them, and so that feels slippery and scary to you. But at the end of the day, that kind Mm -hmm. of honesty that's required in intimate relationships is what we're all. I mean, granted, we're all doing all these things to not be that, but really it's what we want but what are we doing to not get it and well and at the end of the day you being vulnerable and sharing you know like talking about Beatrice's uh language you you are giving yourself away yeah when you're not you're yeah you're giving yourself away and kind of meshing and merging with the energy of the Mm -hmm. group that's you know from any logical standpoint we're giving giving away your mm-hmm. life when you are that's sucking you more dry right. than true intimacy. So there is just something about yeah. you have to trust yeah. for nines. <laughs> that's your doing. Like mm-hmm. that's your doing is to is mm-hmm. to share who you are. Yeah, and maybe it's smaller groups or maybe it's one on one. Yeah, I think part of it, honestly. I'm, that maybe I'm just now realizing is like, it's very hard for me to acknowledge that I am like loved in like mm-hmm. a full way. And and I think yes. that I, I see when people want me around or whatever, I think I just subconsciously see it as like, they want something from me or like mm. they want my energy, you know, or I'm providing something and making them feel better as opposed yeah. to they actually Austin. loving me, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think we all struggle with that. Yeah. I mean, I think that is maybe the crux of all Why the we, ways we act out. We put the ways all these we do. boundaries yeah. and layers of our personality is to, that we don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so true, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? You feel, I don't know. Is that I a good note so. to end yeah. in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so for coming. Fun. Yeah. Thanks for having I'm me. So this is so nice. <laughs> Yay. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>